how do we recession proof you? There's just way too many signs coming that says this is going to happen. And no, there's no foolproof way to do it, but you might want to start preparing in the event that this does happen. Or even if you don't, just kind of rewiring how you're thinking about how you approach to work. But we're going to break down all the, the signs that are coming, things you can do, things that will happen to you, and how you can get out of it and move forward should you become a victim of the recession that's coming. All of that coming up right now. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Tell all your colleagues and friends and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. Welcome back everybody to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Now I know the intro kind of sounds a little bit like doom and gloom, but look, here's the thing. There are way too many signs that are telling us this is coming and it doesn't take really a rocket scientist to figure this out that with with the inflationary pricing and and slowdown in growth and all of those things and I don't really care which way you lean politically but when the government redefines what a recession is when forever and a day it's been two consistent quarters of no growth or negative growth and now they're saying oh well no that's not really what it is even though that's what happened it just can't sustain itself and there are warning signs all over the place that it is coming, or at a minimum, a lot of different entities think it's coming, and that's all it's really going to take to make this happen. And there's going to be a lot of collateral damage in the form of the workforce and economics and things like that. And now would be a really good time to really start changing your mentality and how things can affect you or how you can respond to them and what you can do to better yourself for it. Because we all know what companies do in a recession, they they cut back on the extras. They don't promote. They don't. They put in hiring freezes. They they cut out trainings. They cut out. Un, un, unfortunately, a lot of times HR or or maybe they hold off on that new product and development. But then in all of those things that happen, there's this trickle down effect of those different industries not only being affected, but the way work is approached, where they're going to want everybody to do more with less, and it kind of creates a tipping point of going into that recession and how does it change the workforce? So when you think about, for example, where we've been the past couple of years when COVID hit and everything had to change and a lot of people didn't know if they could change, if they could work from home or, or how they were going to do business and all those things. And that spawned a whole different mentality of, well, what kind of work could I do? Or are there companies that are offering different kind of work and I could go do that and make even more? And a lot of different categories of work just kind of up and disappeared. And it created a a lot of growth in other areas to where all of a sudden now all these businesses are fighting for the same talent. And then the great resignation kicked in where people were constantly jumping ship for what they thought were better horizons. Although there's been kind of a boomerang of that where people are going back 
to where they were because maybe the grass wasn't always greener on the other side of the septic tank. But in a sense, you could almost name your price when you were jumping ship. Or we also saw a lot of people whose industries were shut down. So they did temporary stuff that they never intended to do, other kinds of jobs. But because those businesses were so hurting for help, they would just hire them. And a couple months later, those people would go back or, or they go do something different because they've never done that kind of work. So we kind of had this, this shift into where it was generally the workforce could kind of dictate what it wanted. It's kind of like in the real estate market when housing options are limited or there's huge population growth. Like here in middle Tennessee, I'm, I'm around the Nashville area. There's huge growth that housing almost can't keep up with. So what that mean? The homeowners can name their price, right? Well, when it kind of subsides or gets to a point where less people are moving in or, or, or there's more housing built that it kind of shifts to a buyer's market. And that's kind of what we're seeing in the workforce in that the workforce could kind of dictate how they were going to work, how much you were going to pay them and all those things. And that's starting to shift in the other direction. And it's really going to be exponentially driven if this recession does hit. We're already seeing companies do that. We're seeing T-Mobile laying off. We're seeing Assurion layoff. You're seeing multiple other companies doing the same thing or at least not hiring as much anymore or if at all or, or changing some things. So you're seeing this shift. So now that that has happened is that companies are, are they figured out sort of how to do more with less or at least demand it. So that's kind of what is happening is that, you know, companies are really, and they're changing too because after the past two years of how the workforce has been, companies leaders and companies have kind of changed who what their thinking was or how they're going to deal with their workforce and things like that. And a lot of people are in a position now where they just, they, they don't want to give themselves to a company. They want to do their work and go home, but they don't want to give themselves. Like, you know, it's funny in one company, color, the main color of the company was green. And that's, you know, you'd say, oh, you used to bleed green. Like you would do anything. You come in on your day off, you do this, you do that. Because you had so much at stake personally that you invested in this company company that you would do those things. And a lot of people in the workforce aren't doing them. But here's the thing, we're getting ready to see yet another shift of how the workforce is going to change. And that's really being driven by a lot of things, for example, on multiple levels. Like you remember this by the summertime, exactly how it, shipping was backed up. You couldn't get product to stores and things like that. And everybody was 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 talking about that. And you, even today, you can go into some stores and there's a lot of items that aren't there that normally would be there and right now that we're actually starting to see cargo shipping change where that backlog there was a whiplash of of a backlog that now is is coming the other direction so in other words the product is here and too much of it is here and just an example of that go into any local target right now they have like all four holidays on display because now they have all the stuff because they ordered christmas a little bit early and and this is all retailers doing this kind of stuff that now they've got halloween out they've got fall in general they've got Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's all out there right now. So an article from Marine Insight talks about cargo shipping is, is scaling back because half of them are sailing half empty. They're, they're shipping less. And the same thing with FedEx. They are flying less planes. They are sailing less boats because there's not a, as much stuff out there to, to deliver on a mass scale that shipping needed to do. That's one thing that they're looking at. The other thing is even right now, a lot of people in the United Nations are already talking 
talking about how governments are starting to scale back when it comes to how do they support smaller economies in third world countries. In an article in Yahoo, the, the UN Conference on Trade and Development, is they're actually talking about worse damage than the financial crisis of 2008 based on how government uh, banking systems are creating policies that are, are going to hurt those smaller economies. In other words, just like companies and just like you or your family, people are going to start cutting back on things and governments are going to start cutting back on things. It's no longer just a, a heyday of being able to do whatever it is you want to do in, in order to you know help other countries or, or even create economic development in other countries. A lot of that stuff is starting to scale back now. So that's yet another sign of what's going on in the world. So what about you then? Like you as an individual, there's this internal battle you're going to have of, of, of caring of how much do I give to my company, to my profession, knowing some of these changes could happen, knowing you're replaceable, knowing as companies try to downsize, try to ward off this recession, there is going to be a lot of collateral damage in, in unemployment. There has to be. There has to be some kind of correction. And we saw in the beginning of COVID, there some companies did some things that were a little different. Like for example, instead of laying people off, some and predominantly smaller companies, but they would say, hey, if everybody took a 10% pay cut, we wouldn't have to lose anyone. Well, I don't know if that's going to be enough. And I, I think most of us in the back of our head know that this could happen. So you have this internal battle of, well, how much do I really want to give knowing I could be next? But here's, here, here's the part of the battle you have to be good with. And that is you are responsible for you. You, you cannot be two people. You cannot on one hand say, oh, you know what? If I just had the right opportunity, I would work differently. Or if I just made a little more money, or if I really felt 100% secure in my company or what I do, I would give my all. But until then, I'm not going to. And you really, you really got to focus on being you. Because here, here's what happens when you don't, or partly what happens, is that when you take your foot off the gas pedal, so to speak, that's the thing they look at. You got a, a group of five co-workers on a team or 10 and you've got one or two that are just uh, no you know I know the we, we we all could be let go any minute now so I'm just going to kind of coast and do that well guess what they're going to use that as an excuse to make you the first one to go and just as a human being you really cannot be two different people and you certainly can't say you're two different people that you would be a certain way with certain conditions and let me tell you one great way to really break this down on who you should be all the time all the time because even even if you this this recession did affect you and you did get let go, but you were doing the right things, you were really that person that teams could count on. That could still parlay into something else that somebody else noticed. But the the mental drain you're going to have by not doing that, by by trying to be someone else in one regard and then another person in another regard, is going to mentally wear you out. One of you's lying to yourself, and it is not healthy. It is not healthy. So for me personally, whatever team I'm on, they're going to get the best version to me until I'm not on that team because they're never going to be able to say, oh, well, you know, you you come in late all the time or you're not as focused as you used to be or any of those things. I'm not going to give anyone that ability to say those things. So one great thing you can do if you're really like, how do I really simplify this or or maybe take an inventory of myself is pick up the book by Liz Wiseman called Impact Players. Be that impact player that you always, you always said you would be. Just be that person. I'm telling you, no matter what's going on out there, you need 
to be that person so you can always say, I did the right thing no matter what. And maybe this company I'm with, maybe they didn't do the right thing. But when I go on to the next company, I'm going to be, I'm going to be able to say, I did the right thing. And you're going to be a better person for it. Because here's another thing, you know, we talked about the great resignation. We talked about quiet quitting. Well, now there's another term that has popped up called quiet firing. So it's kind of the opposite of the quiet quitting, but this is being generated by your leaders, by managers, by people in charge. So, you know, in this article, uh, a LinkedIn article here by Brandy Fowler, it talks about how leaders make the, the workplace so undesirable for maybe an individual or for an entire team that people just want to leave on their own, that all of a sudden they've completely changed in who they in who they were. It's not something that's maybe you already in a toxic work environment. This is like a switch. And a lot of things are probably driving that. When you think about those leaders or those managers, and I hate to, see, I hate to use the, word, the term leader if somebody's doing this because they're not much of one, but these managers that are doing this probably are getting pressure from above to do more with less, and they don't know how to really make that work with people. So they get frustrated and start taking it out on others, or they don't really want to lay off people. They don't want to be that person which is ironic that they're going to treat you horribly, but what they would rather do is get you to want to go than have those hard conversations. Or maybe the manager's so incompetent and now things are starting to hit the fan, so to speak, that uh, we, we got to do more with less and the company has higher expectations that from above them. And you know maybe the company's doing well for a while and now all of a sudden they've got to have some more accountability and what are they going to say? Oh, you know, my team is horrible or this one person on my team is horrible. And if they were just better, then I, I could do so much more. And it doesn't make any sense, but it, that's what a lot of managers do because that buys them time to, to hire someone else or just blame it on that person. And, and, you know, always in the end, that manager is discovered to be that way. But the problem always is what collateral damage happens before that manager is held accountable. Usually, unfortunately, too many good people go or they just, whether they get fired or they actually just leave, they um, don't want to work in that environment. So there's actually this phenomenon called quiet quitting to where they're very strategic about it. And maybe some of you have, have experienced this where all of a sudden the person you work for is not the same person. And what that really probably means is their job's in jeopardy too. And a couple of things that from an Inc.com article of what kind of people or positions are really kind of on the chopping block here. You think about, you know, you're a manager of several people that report to you and you make six figures, you make a really good income, but then the company looks at the workload and realizes if they let you go and have your employees report to your boss, they can save that position. Like how many times have you heard somebody in one of those roles is retiring and the next thing you know that, oh, by the way, these other two supervisors are gonna absorb that and they don't refill that position because somebody took a look at that and said, hey, we could do without that paycheck. We could do without that benefits package for that person. Another thing is if you're on the entry level and you have some tasks that they don't really impact sales or customer satisfaction. In other words, they're gonna look at what are the bare bases what do we need to drive sales and profitability and things like that? And if you're not in one of those roles, you're probably going to be one of the first to go. Or you have a job that's important and there's several people in a similar role, but you've been there a long, you've been there a long time and collected multiple raises and now you're at the top of the pay scale and they have other people that are on the lower end. And that's a very normal thing. 
kind of thing has been going on for decades to where that's where they trim and they always get that quote unquote younger inexperienced person that they can pay less and do. And th this is typical things we see in recessionary times. So when you think about like industries that are hit first, it's those extras, it's hospitality, it's tourism, it's anything leisure related gets hit hard. Companies cut back. And when that happens and people start making less or people start fearing that they're going to be next, well, everybody kind of constricts. They don't don't spend as much money as they used to. They don't travel as much. They don't go on a vacation as much. They don't buy that new set of golf clubs or whatever they're into. They, they really kind of protect those things. And that has a huge trickle-down effect into what happens next. But what are the safer careers in a recession? So if you're in the, the, these are things that have been studied over and over across a couple different recessions. So if you're in healthcare, public safety, education, public utility, funeral services, I don't know about that one. I mean, well, I guess <laughs> I don't even know how to explain that because I, I don't want to say, well, maybe business is better for that. Uh, but certainly it doesn't go down as far as how many people pass away. So I guess it's necessary. Now, financial services, that's an interesting one because definitely at first in a recession, that tends to go way up because a lot of people who maybe they've been making a pretty decent income and haven't worried about stuff for a while. Now, all of a sudden, well, how can, how can I invest it in the right things? And maybe they're not good at that when most of us aren't and they need to talk to an expert. But over a long period of a recession, financial services start to dwindle a little bit because as depending on how hard the economy gets hit and people just basically put their money in a savings account and just say, okay, I'm just going to hold it and not worry about that stuff. The grocery industry, you think about the bare essentials, you know, just like public utility, public safety. So you're talking about firefighters, police officers, things like that. Well, grocery industry, people have to eat. And another reason why in a recession, and you saw this at the beginning of COVID because certain areas, uh, a lot of areas in the company or country were forced to close. So people had to eat at home. So they had to learn how to cook and learn how to get ingredients and all that sort of thing that they hadn't done in the past. Well, in a recession though, obviously you have less money. You're going to go out less. You're going to economize. Most all of us could probably save quite a bit of money by changing our eating habits, but we just get in this mode of, hey, I'm just going to pick up you know, this Starbucks coffee for six or eight dollars, or you're, you're going to go out to that dinner because I just don't feel like cooking and things like that. But growth Grocery definitely is is a winner no matter what. Uh, legal services, a lot of that is protected uh, because you think about a lot of that doesn't really change, doesn't subside just because there's a recession. And sadly, a recession will generate more bankruptcies and things like that. But even if you're in those areas of war, it still doesn't mean you're guaranteed to not have a problem. Or even if you stop what you're doing now and run to those, or maybe you're even in one of those quote unquote workspaces that could be in jeopardy. It, there's no guarantee that something bad's going to happen. Or just because you're in one that typically is a safe career, that nothing bad is going to happen. So what if it happens to you? Like how do you recession proof you? You can't be a hundred percent, but what you can do, first of all, is think of the mental health side of things. So like, for example, and this is many years ago, it was about three months or so when I was unemployed. And the one thing other than missing paychecks, obviously, but that feeling like I didn't need to be somewhere. And I mean like needed somewhere. Like you felt separated from having a purpose, any kind of purpose, that no team needed you. And you had to prove to somebody that you had some kind of skill that you could help their organization with and start down that path of, of being 
being on that team. But that that was the one thing, other than the financial side of it, which obviously is pretty devastating. But that part of man, nobody nobody needs me. I could never show up to a job, and it wouldn't matter. And that that part really stuck with me. So you really have to start thinking about the mental health side of it, because even if you don't get laid off, but you see your friend get laid off, or you have a relative, or a spouse, or a kid, or a parent, it, when you have a massive recession in an economy, you're gonna know somebody that's that's been affected by it. And and how do you deal with it? Because on the onset of it, there's things you can say, oh, I'm gonna just stop spending money on this, or I'm gonna economize this way, or I'm just gonna you know save my money or do something different and and not really even think about it. But it goes a lot deeper than that. And certainly the longer a recession happens or the longer you're unemployed personally, the harder mentally it's gonna get. You're gonna have those feelings of a lack of worth because you can't get on a team or people don't believe you have any kind of skills and, and it really starts to, to to wear on your psyche about things. Right now, 70% of economists believe that a recession will begin at some point, probably next year. Maybe we get through this year without it, but definitely by next year, we're looking at that. You're looking at a lot of tech jobs that are being laid off already. Uh, we've already talked about shipping. Like, like The dominoes are there. And so if this happens to you, you have to figure out how you're going to get through it. And COVID for a little bit gave some folks insights that were sitting at home or they, a lot of them got unemployed or something. Well, all that government bailout stuff, they, they can't just keep doing that. They're going to say it. They're going to attempt it. But we cannot just come up with another trillion here or another trillion there and save everybody. It's just not sustainable. There's no way. In other words, they've already spent all that money. So you have got to guard your own mental well-being. So maybe when you're thinking about how do you get little victories, like how do you start digging out of it? What can you do? And do some things for yourself, maybe where you're learning something or doing something different, getting a new skill, being employable. Because the thing is, a lot of what I said, some people may have turned this off already because it just sounds so negative, but it's something you have to address. But is it all doom and gloom? And the answer is no, it is not. Because recessions actually provide other opportunities. Now, if you're a small business or even maybe you're a large business and you have done your diligence to keep things the way they should be, one of the things that happens, and this may sound kind of sad for the, the ones that are losing out, but you do see an opportunity for business growth in a recession because there's less competitors. And quite honestly, those who didn't really service their customer, those who didn't really provide a value or a really good quality product, they're going to lose out or they didn't financially take care of their company. They, they you know, let's say, let's say you have a small roofing company and so you needed a work truck, you know, to get from job site to job site. Did you buy a truck that can carry your stuff that is durable and, and, and all of that? Or because it's the company that owns the truck? Did you buy some $60,000, $80,000 tricked out truck that, yeah, you use it for work, but you also tow the boat you bought that the company owns or the small plane that the company owns and you didn't really protect your, your money from the company because times were good. Well, it's no different for you as a person and your family and your own personal finances that if you're, you're completely mortgaged out and your credit cards are completely jacked up and all of those things, those people that didn't take care of business, in other words, are going to lose out. But those that do are going to thrive because there's going to be less competition. 
it's going to be easier to capture the attention of customers because there's less people to fight with for those customers. And you see that over and over and you know who those companies are and you know who you are. So if maybe if you haven't been that way with your finances, maybe it's time to start getting that way. Or if you've been quiet quitting, you better stop and start getting engaged. And, and like I said, go read Liz Wiseman's book and learn how to be an impact player. Learn how to, for somebody to say, man, if I've got to lose some of my people, I'm definitely keeping these three that really give what they give their all and do those things. That's who you have to be. Another thing that companies can do is they can innovate in a downturn. You know, they can offer things that are just slightly different. And this really kind of, if you think about a startup, is after a recession is when a lot of cool stuff happened, like Airbnb happened after the recession. Now, we can't all go out and do an Airbnb, but what are some different things that you can offer that just make total sense. Downturns can be great times to introduce offerings that connect customers who have tighter purse strings and are naturally frugal given continued uncertainty. So the old story about McDonald's actually simplified their burger process. And this is going back before they were a franchise, just the, the one-off restaurant, but they like changed how they went to business. And that's how they that's how they actually wound up getting that to that business model of getting your food within 30 seconds. Not That's not how it originally was. McDonald's, and I'm talking about the one-off, was just like a typical restaurant. You, you'd go in, you'd sit down, you'd order, you'd wait, you'd be served drinks, then the burger would come later and all those things. And they kind of turned all that around to like, how can we be so efficient that people get the same thing faster? And that's how they actually wound up creating that model of getting that food out in a matter of seconds. So they did, first of all, they didn't need as much staff, but second, Second of all, the staff they did have was focused on production. So they weren't focused on waiting on people. And you see that shift already again. There's already McDonald's you can walk into that is a touchscreen when you order. And you can say, well, the machines are taking over. Or automation is taking over. Well, yeah, there's a, there's there's an absolute shift in the workforce of what kind of jobs people are going to do and not do or enough of people to do where it's not going to be the same. But again, there's an innovation that spurred from the, the, the fact that there was either a lack of labor or, or cost-driven issues or things like that. So those are the kinds of things you have to think of. And if nothing else, so let's say you get laid off and you can't find work, you can't figure things out. One of the biggest times for entrepreneurship, that's an easier word to say for you than me probably, is in a recession. It actually is. More business owners are created in a recession than any other time. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Like, um, for example, if, if everything is great, everybody's hiring, Nobody has to do that. Nobody has to figure it out. Nobody has to come up with a new mousetrap because they've got a good job. They got a decent pay, all of those things. But when the recession hits, the next thing you know, good chunk of the workforce is laid off. So a lot of those folks find a product, create a product, figure something out, become something else and create and usually create it better than anybody else. And all of that stemmed from all the experience they had, but they create something new. They create something that only they, that they're passionate about, but there's the evidence is all there that entrepreneurs thrive in recessions. That's where they're born from. And a lot of it is because there's no other choice. What can they do? What are your skills? What are you able to do? What could you create? I mean, think about it. How many times in your job have you created something that your company has used and you don't create a, your own company out of that? And it's a 
fantastic idea and the company saves millions or creates a new product of something you thought of, but they get all the glory, so to speak, because it's within the company. And how can you do that on your own if you have to? So to sum it all up, whether you think the economy is going to go down or not, whether you think it's going to affect you or not, now is a great time to really start thinking about you, how you work, how you go to work, how you go to battle. What kind of person are you that becomes that kind of impact player that Liz Wiseman always talks about? That you are effective, you do generate revenue, you do matter. And it's not to say, oh, the other people don't, but at some point, a company has to make a decision that somebody's got to go. And all of that's going to really be, well, who? what kind of impact do you have? What kind of contribution do you make? And that's what you have to focus on. And God forbid it happens. I hope it doesn't, but it's going to, to someone, to a lot of someone's. And when it does, what are you going to do about it? You're just going to be a victim forever? You're just going to blame the man, blame the system, whatever you want to call it? Or are you going to create something? Are you going to show value to someone else? And that starts with doing it now. That starts with always being that person that, okay, fine. It didn't happen here, but I'm going to make it happen somewhere. And yeah, it's going to be a little pain. Yeah, it's going to be disappointing. It's You're going to be pissed off and angry and all those things, but you, you're still going to have to move forward. You're still going to have to be you. So don't get mad at some company or some employer and then let it change who you are. Because guess what? They win. And that's not who you are. That's not who you meant to be. And you know it. You know you could do more. So really take some inventory of your skills. Really take some inventory of how you've been, how you've been showing up and really understand that, you know, the old saying goes, you know, fight like you're the third monkey on Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain. What are you going to do? There's going to be a choice. And you know the decisions you make, as I, I say all the time in multiple podcasts, daily behaviors and decisions, That's it's that simple. You've got to really take a pause and figure that out. And if you do that, get it on paper, like really make a plan, really, really get it. Get be. Are you the person you want to be? If you just start doing that, you are going to come out ahead in the end, no matter what. So what did we learn today? How did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.